stand-up historian. Those who tell stories rule society. Hello and welcome to a stand-up historian. This is Tuesday night again and I have Vic here with me. Greetings. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing well. How good, are you? Good to hear that. I'm all right. I'm all right. Thank you. Okay, so we received a lot of questions and I handpicked and some of them combined and created a list of questions and sent them over to you, numbered them wrongly. I thought it's 15, but you got 16 questions. <laughs> Let's go through those questions and uh, please help us answer our listeners. I will do my very best. Uh, sometimes I'm not going to be able to come forth with all of the information. A lot of times I'll look at something and go, I think I know that, but I'm going to have to dig for it. And I tell you, <clears throat> I have really blown my own mind and scrambled my own brains because these books, I read them years ago. I mean, just voraciously read them years ago and have forgotten quite a bit. So I have been diving back into them and I've got little stickies on different pages and things for references and I've made notes and I've scrambled my own brain. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm sure. I'll try yeah. my level best to, to keep up with everything. Good. So, on to the questions. The very first one says, where do we see the evidence of presence of VLAN on Earth? Well, of course, the first one is going to be um, the existence of the cuneiform tablets. The fact that they exist and have that story on them, that's that's the first evidence that they were in our past. So that's okay. kind of a clear one right there. Uh, the next one would be the 1988 and or 1989. I'm a little unsure on the exact dates because I think that from the reading that I have done, they also landed in America. The, the V-Line also landed in America, but there were no reports of it. It was just the, oh. the task report in uh Again, that Russian name, Voronezh, was yes. landed. But there's the TASS report that was very specific about um, what people witnessed and what they were subjected to. And the London Times also did a quick report on it. And it also shows up in the New York Times. I was digging on that. The uh, same news? New York, New York Times, London Times, and the oh. TASS report. Yes, I'll back it up. There is... Um, when you go to the New York Times, if you do a, a search for um, older articles from the 80s, it, it shows up. The New York Times picked it up, too. Very so, interesting. Okay. Yes, that was them. And then, of course, you know, they, they're in underground bases now with the military. We, Of course, I can't prove that part, but there is evidence of them having been here with the news report and the existence of the teenage one. Okay. And number two, what's a full soul? Well, that's kind of a shortened version of saying full soul human. But what it describes is we operate with one quarter of our souls in our bodies with the other three quarter outside of our bodies, which would be, 
I think some people call it an aura. Some people, if they can see it, it would be an aura. Uh huh. Full, full soul would mean once you reintegrate, <clears throat> you have all of your soul in your body, which would make you a full soul human, which is what we are trying to get back to because we were full soul humans on Atlantis. And we are delayed and we're past our deadline. That's basically what that means. Full soul, yes. full soul humans that have all of their soul within the body. That's what that means. So we still have our physical body, but our entire soul is within that physical body. Yes. Um, okay. But bringing the, the way Chris, Chris describes it is bringing all of the soul into the body actually makes our physical structures lighter. Right now, we're operating only with one quarter of the soul in the body. We're very, very dense. Um, some are psychic, and so they have access to their higher selves. Most of us are not. But bringing the, the whole of the soul back into the body makes our bodies lighter and kind of luminous, shiny. Chris has stated in, 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 podcast, in, uh, in interviews and in his mm -hmm. books that we would be uh, we would shine out. You would, you would uh. definitely know that we are different. He said, "That's why one of the reasons why we can't just all reintegrate right here in front of everybody because we would either be arrested or we would be turned into like another god or something because we would be we would shine out. We would we would be very very bright." <laughs> um, I see. Is this the same thing we see in Middle Ages paintings when they have a picture of Christ or some other saint? There is a halo around them. Is it related to that concept yes. or no? It is? Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. Because Jesus was a full soul human. Yes. It's the, the golden crown and, and you know the, the abilities that he had, yes. Very good. Okay. Number three. First three. <laughs> yeah. What's a semi-physical being? Those are the beings, those are the seven semi-physical races that are, most of them are here, including the Elon. Um, I made some notes here. Uh, semi-physical beings, there are seven of them in the universe, or were. Their souls are intrinsic to their bodies. Many have found a way to leave these bodies and take on human form because there are humans here that have semi-physical soul origin. They have a density unlike non-physical souls, which is what 99.9% .9 of humans are. Most of us are from the non-physical races and inhabit a human body, whereas the semi-physicals had their own body to start with. They were... Oh, I see. Okay. They were effectively a step up as far as physicality in comparison to the non-physical souls. All non-physical souls are 100 million years old. Semi-physical souls are 30 million years old. 30 million or 40 million, I can't remember. But they had their own bodies that are intrinsic to their souls, even though many have found a way to be in human form. But if you could see them, or when they look at each other, if semi-physical races are looking at each other, they look as solid as we do to each other. Mm -hmm. But we can't see them because our visual spectrum. 
we can't see semi-physical beings. Not unless they shift their energetic patterns to make themselves visible to us. They know that we are that, that they are not in our normal visual range. They would literally have to adjust their energy patterns in order to be seen. Uh, Does it have perfect. anything to do, sorry to interrupt you, no, no. with uh, sighting of uh, angels and other beings? Are they semi-physical? Um, I'm not sure about the sighting of angels. I, I can't comment on that. Um, I would have to guess. For, for instance, in, in, for instance, in, <laughs> uh, I believe it, in, it was in Portugal when two kids, two young, two young girls were in the field. They saw, they said they saw Mary in the sky. And everybody believed them and made some predictions. What did they see? There's a semi-physical that wants them to see it and give them news, or do we know what those encounters are about? I'm not entirely sure. I can pass that question along to my global group to okay. see what they say about it. Um, I don't know if it would be a non-physical, non-physical form that would show themselves to two children that probably have psychic abilities and could see them or it could be that they saw one of the members of the semi-physical races because they had the ability to see them they may have had psychic abilities i'm not entirely sure okay but who wh which group are the semi-physical the you, seven groups if you were to give us uh-huh oh the, okay the valon Valon's one of them, yes. Uh -huh. okay. the, um, the ones that I had named off before, the Pleiadians. Yes. Mm -hmm. They were um, all semi-physical. Okay. The, the Greys, the Blues, the Syrians, NGC584, those are all semi-physical races. Okay, and then when you said we are not semi-physical, and later on, I don't want to get ahead of us, but we were talking about Atlantean template. So it, it was like, okay, we pick this design for this soul to reside in. And that design is uh, current human body. Is this correct? If I remember correctly, we have adopted or finally moved to the original Atlantean template. At one time, we were in the Atlantean. There was an, a, a template that you, they came in for to, to construct the human body. And later on, after Atlantis sunk, when we put ourselves into the human plan, we adjusted our human body template because of us going into the human plan and separating our souls and, and that it had to be adjusted in a certain way. Okay. So it's my understanding that we have moved back to the Atlantean template, but I can't remember exactly when. Okay. I do know that all of our chakra colors have changed. Uh, we are no longer the usual red, orange, yellow, green, violet, all the way up. They're all clear now. Oh, okay. They changed. I can't remember exactly the time frame when they changed, but they all went clear. And then, of course, we've got, uh, we have seven chakras in the body, and then there are six chakras that are above the body. So we have 13 chakras with, with six above us. And they're all clear now. I, th I hope that was clear enough. <laughs> it was. No, it was clear. Thank but yes, 99.99% of everybody on the planet are of the non-physical races. 
and then there are smaller smaller groups of um, semi-physicals that are in human form. I've got them in the book somewhere. I'll have to dig back into them and make some notes if, if anybody is curious about the numbers. Uh, let's see what's next. The next three. What do you mean when you say Chris Thomas integrated? At one point, Chris bought brought the whole of his soul into his body. He became a full soul human and stayed mm-hmm. that way for a short period of time until Mother Earth asked him to reverse the process to assist in getting the information out to the public. So that's what I mean by he integrated. He reintegrated his soul back into his body and was a full soul human for a short period of time. Got it. I think he, okay. wrote, I think he wrote somewhere in one of his essays that uh, he had been asked why he came back from being a full soul human and he sort of half joked and said i ask myself that's it, that every day <laughs> oh okay okay <laughs> he's like yeah mother earth asked me to do it and i asked myself why i did that every single day so bless his heart is this what we hear in <laughs> some uh schools of thought some even uh, esoteric schools they call ascension is becoming a full soul the same as ascension Ascension is a VLON coin term. That is something when they started flooding all of the mediums and the psychics with all of the channeled garbage about ascending to a fifth dimension and all. The ascension came from the VLON. That is nothing but their term. And Chris will tell you that he thinks it's amusing that they said ascending to the fifth dimension. Of course, you know, you've got the first dimension, the third, the, the second dimension and the third dimension, which is height, width and depth. Mm-hmm. A lot, and then I think uh, was it Einstein that went so far as to coin the term that the fourth dimension was time. I think time. He, yeah. he said that. I'm assuming that the VLON came up with the idea that since that <clears throat> we were within three dimensions, fourth dimension being the time, they just decided that oh, you want to ascend to the fifth dimension and and ascend off the planet, and you will be. Go to oh, a, thousand, okay. a thousand years of peace or some, something crazy like that. But Chris has made jokes about if you ascended to the fifth dimension, if you were thinking about dimension levels, considering that the human soul is roughly 53 dimensions in size, he says if you ascend to the fifth dimension, you have essentially ascended to the level of your navel. Oh, Okay. He makes a joke about that. I very interesting, funny. actually. Yeah, very <laughs> clever point. Because I mentioned Ascension, because when I saw this, it reminded <coughs> me of that uh, uh, series, what was it? Stargate. Oh, I love that show. And Daniel, in there, he ascended, yes. if you remember the story. And that's why when I saw this, I said, maybe because you always find something in this uh, sci-fi stories, movies, and and series that has some parts of truth in it. That's why I was asking you the question, is it full soul, same as Ascension, which you cleared it. Thank you. Technically, if you want to, it wouldn't really be Ascension because what we would be doing would be pulling our, the, our, the rest of our souls into our bodies. It'd be more like a, a download than it would be an Ascension. Oh, okay. Very interesting. 
it's not an upload, it's a download. Okay. It would be a download. We would be downloading the rest of our souls into our bodies. Yeah. It's not as that we wouldn't be ascending anywhere. That's what, that's what Chris Chris Thomas Very says. We're not a, we're not ascending anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Next question. It's proven that time travel, especially going back in time, is not possible. How do you explain the cuneiform tables that were embedded in by the Velon? Well, they exist. As far as my explanation, it's really not up to me to explain them. It's the fact that Zachariah Sitchin had them and translated them. So... And they were found in the area that the Velon were in, in ancient Sumeria. So as far as um, that it's proven that time travel, going back in time, is not possible. My question would be, who has determined that it's not possible? Are we I talking? Think, yeah, I think this one refers to, you may go back to the past, just your presence is going to change the future completely. So you would by change them, your own. yes, and then change your own, and consequently change <laughs> many other lives that are related to you. And if you believe that we're all connected, then it could change the future for everybody. It's like someone wants to go back in time and kill Hitler to prevent the Second World War, but it's not possible. And I think it refers to that. So if they went back, automatically they changed the future. And that's why we are here today. Well, so I mean, did they the, affect the timeline? As the saying goes in sci-fi movies, did they uh, caused any changes major changes in the timeline time continuum well with the Anunnaki they went back in time and dictated their story to the scribe and the tablets remained in the area until they were dug, dug up yeah. and found they also found that they could not go back forward where they came from because they had altered their own specific Timeline. I mean, each in whatever the individual Anunnaki. Got it. Okay. Okay. And so, and that I mean, was important. I didn't remember that they could not <laughs> return to future after they finished their mission. No, they got stuck. Yeah. They altered. They altered the future that they came from. They they got stuck. They couldn't go back. Okay. Now it makes more sense. Yep. Well, Chris has stated with enough energy. Yes, you can go backwards in time. You can also go forwards in time with enough energy. It is possible. And as far as it being proven that time travel, especially going back in time, is not possible, I would have to ask who proved it. I would want to know who was it that that stepped forward Good and point. proved that, yeah. it, that, it, that it didn't happen. Because, I mean, are we talking about the scientific community? Because, I mean, we're talking about people who still think that the pyramids are burial chambers or some kind of landing <laughs> pad. Yeah. Or are we talking yeah. about, like, the religious community? Is the religious community stepping forward and saying you can't go back in time? Are we talking about the military? I mean, I, I would have to know who, who is it that's stepping forward that's saying this. So. That's a very good question. And if the listener is listening to this, I'd like to hear from you. Okay, yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, I think, yes, who, I'd be curious to know too. Who said it? Hmm? Who said that? 
yeah. I'll look it up to see who asked the question. And I email them back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Atlantean human template. Um, that's what we were just discussing yeah. earlier. Uh, at Atlantis, we had a particular kind of human template that we put ourselves into, and we're doing lots of experimentation, which led to some really, really strange, strange things before we sunk Atlantis. And then we changed the template for when we went into the human plan, and then I'm not exactly sure. I can't remember. I'd have to dig in the books or ask my global group that we went back to the Atlantean template and I'm not exactly sure what what time frame that was, but we have gone back to it, and we're in the process of trying to evolve and put our, <laughs> shove ourselves back into our bodies. I, I think the question is, is that the way we look today, is this the way people in Atlantis looked like this? You know, that's a good question. That's a very good question. I mean, it's not as if... Chris provided any pictures of what the Atlanteans actually looked like. Um, I would assume since they were all full souls, they would be looking just like what I described earlier about being uh, very light, very bright. Our bodies would be lighter. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't be as dense as Because they were now. full soul, yeah. Yeah, there would be a glow to us. Yeah, that would that okay. would be my suggestion, but I mean, it's not like there's been any pictures that have been provided for it. You always mention your global group. What is this group? Exactly. I saw <laughs> that. <though. laughs> uh, my global group, we are, we're dotted all over the planet. We, uh, we come together, we collaborate, we discuss uh, Chris Thomas material, current events, we see You're a not a event. secret society. Let's no, no, no. Oh, Lord, no. We don't have a secret handshake. We don't have uh -huh. any symbols. No, yeah. we don't. We don't have prayer meetings or anything like that. No, we we all just collaborate and we're we're all over the planet and um, discuss current events and we 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 look at things through the lens of the Chris Thomas material. And we see things that probably the average person wouldn't see just because of the benefit of the information that we have. And with the two members knowing uh, Chris Thomas personally. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we collaborate on a lot of stuff. Is this group open to public to join or what, what, what's the requirement to become a member of this group? Um. We're pretty choosy about who we invite into the group. Um, well, first and foremost, you would have to be very interested in the Chris Thomas material or want to understand it. Um, I don't know. Okay. It's not like we've got a checklist or anything that we go by. It's, it's more like we have discussions with whoever the person is interested in because I've had a lot of people that contacted me via my blog. Huh. and mentioned interest of knowing you know more of the chris thomas material or already knowing about the chris thomas material and wanting to discuss it that so we have had uh, people contact my blog and we have invited them to the group it just depends it just depends upon what it is that you're interested in who has started the group oh that goes back many 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 years um i would have to say that started with me and two other members 
and I met them on a forum. And okay. we started we started talking and it just grew from there. And that that would go back that would go back to twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen, okay, about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's by invitation only. It's a private group and mostly discussing to understand Chris Thomas <coughs> thoughts and his talks and his material. Yes, it is okay. a discussion group and and of course like I said we cover current events and and chatter on about stuff like that, what we see, what we don't see. Every member has something to bring to the table and we have to have discussions. Okay, very okay. interesting. I'm glad they asked this question. <laughs> are, are you yeah. are you asking to join the group, Crush? <laughs> <laughs> are you wanting to be a member of the group? Is that what you're asking for? <laughs> I probably put my application in. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk to the group, or I can have you. You're already having a conversation with one of the global members, anyway. So uh, founders, there's, founders. There's there's going to be uh, any any member. <laughs> yeah, you can. Uh, you'll be having conversations with with one global member, and probably get your feet wet on some of the stuff. And then, of course, the conversations that we've had offline uh, in email sure. and things like that. So, but uh, yeah, we can put it forward just to see. <laughs> just to see. <laughs> yeah, because you're definitely interested in the information. Extremely uh, interested, and, uh, and as as we talk more and I get more information, I, I become even more interested in this material. Right. Yeah. And during our discussions, I know that you are very well read as well. I'll to try. me, in this conversation, that I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about, but you definitely know your information. Thank which you. Which is good. I like the sharing. What's next? Does Chris Thomas give any indications of end times? I struggled with this one because I'm assuming when they mention indication of end times they're talking about the biblical armageddon perhaps um, or end of days yeah yeah well um, when i was reading that and trying to, to to give a proper response i happened to make a note to myself about um armageddon because i happened to run a, i happened to run across a, a passage this is the book, The Universal Soul. He put this out in 2005. Actually, this yeah. is a good question. I like to know that as well. Because he talked about Velon, he talked about a lot of things, full soul integration and all that. Did he give any hints of these are the times, these are the signs of end, <clears throat> time, end of times? Or uh, did he, like, the question asks, did he ever predict the future? Oh, no. Chris Thomas has never predicted anything. Okay. What he did was that he, he healed people. He um, read the Akashic. Um, I mean, he, he had strong psychic abilities. But as far as predicting the future, no. Um, he could make suggestions what he would think might happen. But an absolute prediction, that that's, that's kind of... It's very, very difficult for one man to predict what a planet of people are going to do or what a solar system is going to do. <laughs> very true. But I think uh, knowing that at some point he had access to Akashic, 
maybe that this question comes from there, but Akashic is the records of what has happened, not what will come. Am I correct? At one time, when we were still in the human plan, before it ended in October of 2011 and our deadline passed in December of 2012, there was something called what I called fields of possibilities. I've joked with some of my global members that to me, in my mind's eye, it would look like the tentacles of a squid. That's just uh -huh. what it looks like to me in my, just the way I envision it. Because when you, when you are born prior to being born, you plan out your life. Will I go left? Will I go right? Will I uh -huh. meet this person? Will I meet that person? And it's basically planned out as a structure, kind of like a guideline. But you still are, have freedom of choice. Like if you set up a meeting with one person and as you come along in your, in your plan for that life and you decide, I don't think I want to go through this, there were abilities to choose another direction, hence the fields of possibilities. The problem was that as we approached uh, December 12, 2012, the human plan came to an end and there were very few limited possibilities, which is why I'm always saying we're off script. Predictions at the time, I've, I think I've stated in, in one of our discussions that uh, once that was it psychics trying to look past 12, 21, 12 couldn't see anything because there was like a veil there. I'm wrong. It wasn't psychics. Chris has actually stated that it was... Um, Remote viewers. There were remote viewers that could look into the fields of possibilities to do forecasts because at one time mediums or psychics could do forecasts on can you do this? Maybe you'll do that. This looks good. This looks bad. That sort of thing. Once December 12, 2012 happened, the veil went up and there wasn't a remote viewer that could get through. There wasn't a psychic that could get through. I said psychic, he says remote viewers, but they couldn't, they couldn't do anything. So the, the, the fields of possibilities pretty much got shut off at the end of the human plan. December but, 2012. <clears throat> December, 12, uh, December 21st, 2012, the, the okay. solstice in 2012, mm -hmm. yeah, when it was shut off. So predictions is something that's just, that's just not something that he would do. He okay. would, yeah. But anyway, getting back to this part about um, end times, I stumbled across this passage in Universal Soul on page 91 when he's talking about um, some interferences and stuff. And he says here, there is one other source of problematic interference as far as completing our plans is concerned, and that is purely man-made because he's talking about all the different interferences that we've had uh, the 14th faction, which is something that we haven't discussed yet, and of course the Zelon. Um, he goes on to say, since the early 1950s, American foreign policy has become increasingly dominated by a group who have become known as neoconservatives. This, yes. group, has a, this group has a core membership of about 90 people, with many hundreds under their influence. This group's intentions lie in their extremely right-wing Christian beliefs. This group believes absolutely in the Bible. Their main focus of attention is in the final book of the New Testament, Revelation, particularly the section on Armageddon. 
This section of Revelation was written about the year 560 B.C. when the Jewish nation was under the control of Nebuchadnezzar. This apocryphal piece was written to encourage the Jewish people to fight off their enslavers by promising salvation by God, leading to the destruction of all non-believers once the Jewish lands were returned to their control. This neoconservative group have interpreted this part of the Bible to mean that once the lands covenanted to them by God were back under Jewish control, it will trigger the events leading to Armageddon occurring. Mm -hmm. These lands cover Israel, Palestine, parts of Syria, Iraq, Kuwait, and Egypt. When these lands are once again under Jewish control, God will ascend the true believers to heaven, whilst the non-believers tear themselves apart on earth. Once the non-believers' destruction is complete, the ascended ones will return to earth and become God's chosen people living in the golden age for 1,000 years. The foreign policy decisions taken by several American presidents in the last 50 years have all attempted to bring about the scenario that triggers Armageddon. The current president at the time of this writing, George W. Bush, particularly enthusiastic to fulfill the group's wishes. Occupation of the covenant lands will not lead to much of anything, not even the true believers. But the attempts to regain control of these lands is causing death and misery to many thousands of people worldwide. It is also distracting us from our true purpose and intentions, that of completing the human plan. Okay, I have one question here. You mentioned 560 BC. Revelation was not re the book of Revel. It's not about book of Revelation, is it? Because book of Revelation was written, uh, what, 100 AD, 150 AD, I'm not sure, but it was after Christ. What was about 560 BC? He's got here that this section of this section of Revelation was written about the year 560 BC when the Jewish nation was under the control of Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, okay. So the author, uh, John, took that part from an older text and put it in the Revelation. Is that correct? Um, part about I, Armageddon. I'm I'm not really sure. I, like I said, I can only read from the book. I'm not really sure. I'm, okay. I am far. I am far from being a biblical scholar. Far. Then he's referring to rapture in there, right? God will take people from the earth and leave the rest on the earth. Is he referring to rapture? That some Christians believe. God, God will ascend the true believers to heaven, while the non-believers tear, tear themselves that apart. That line is that. Is he referring to rapture? That would be my guess. That's what yeah. it sounds like. Yeah, once the non-believers' destruction is complete, the ascending ones will return to earth and become God's chosen people living in a golden age for 1,000 years. And everybody is looking for 1,000 years. Yes, since the early 1950s. That's the American foreign policy. Yeah. And this is interesting because when uh, the state of Israel was established in the beginning, the idea was this is a land belongs to the Jews and it starts from Nile and it ends at the uh, Euphrates. So you see between Nile and Euphrates, there are so many countries. Mm -hmm. And for many years, it's a very accurate information that Chris, uh, you know, gives us here. And 
a lot of countries, they said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You just have this little place. We used to be Palestine. Okay, now you have it. But if you're trying to get more between Nile and uh, Euphrates, that's countries that you mentioned. Yeah. I thought it was kind of interesting here that since somebody asked about uh, the end of times that I happened to stumble across the, the Armageddon part. And he covers a lot of biblical stuff in other books. That's another thing that uh, eventually we can get into um, because the, uh, Good. Yeah. the the real the real story of Jesus is quite fascinating, quite quite fascinating. Oh yes, and and the character of Jesus. So when he talks about Armageddon, obviously he's talking about biblical end of time and the last war that will happen there. Well, what he's pointing out is that there it's American foreign policy that there are those yes. that want to bring mm-hmm. about Armageddon. They want to see it happen. You know, all uh, my country seems to be a war machine. Oh my god, yes. Yes. So, I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all and George W. Bush is just as nutty as the rest of them. Do you think that way of thinking of new neocons is over and the new groups are different or is they're still following the same uh, ideology although we don't call them neocons but they might be still because what we see seems like they're doing the same thing bringing the end of everything well neocons neoliberals right-wing extremists left-wing extremists uh, there are so many labels out there to, to do with politics that it just it, it makes my head hurt. Um, most of the time, what I'm seeing is controlled opposition. You know, you got the people who love Thank Trump. Thank you. Yes. And, and you've got all the then you've got the people who love Hillary Clinton, and you've got the people who love Bernie Sanders. And I just uh, my it makes my head hurt. The whole thing, the whole, uh, politics in general, just makes my head hurt because most of yes. it doesn't make any sense, and it's that way by design. It is. I agree with you 100%. And sadly, you have more people hate somebody than people, number of people that love somebody else. You get more people hate Trump. You have a lot of people hate Obama versus there are this group, they love this person or love that person. You know what I'm saying? There is more hate involved than like or love of these um, characters and politics and well, to that's me that's de- a that's a huge negative that's by design i mean yeah look at the ma- look at the media look at what how the media goes out of its way unbelievable yeah to pit to pit people against each other <clears throat> i mean i could name a list of examples but the one that sticks out in my head right now is the war on the anti-vaxxers yeah i mean mm-hmm. really it suddenly, what, five years ago, ten years ago, there were people that were screaming, my body, my choice, my body, my choice, particularly about the, the abortion Every crowd. day, yes, yes. So, so on the flip side of that, when you don't want to take a vaccine, my body, my choice suddenly doesn't apply? Yeah, it's your body, my choice. I think that how they play this is... For people, they don't have independent thinking, they don't have critical thinking, uh, and they cannot analyze the situation. They say, oh, no, it's for the good of everybody. So 
you do this as your duty to the society. It's different than abortion, but it is not. When when you uh, you damage a society, not just one person. You kill one person, but you damage the human society. Now, how many how many uh, babies were aborted since that uh, Roe versus Wade? How many millions? Oh, I, I haven't seen any stats on that. When it when it comes to the issue of abortion, I'm right back to to human choice. I mean, there's there's many reasons um, why abortions take place or spontaneous abortions. We're talking about yeah. souls um, that because when it comes to being born, you approach your parents. You actually choose your parents. Um, it, it has to be a, a frequency match, um, and there's any number of things that can go wrong. Um, there is, there's, here, recently there was a guy that I stumbled across that's got a blog somewhere, and I can't think of what his name is right offhand, but he remembered what his life was before he came into the womb of his mother oh, in this wow. lifetime, and he's he's got a book out or several books out and runs a blog, and it was quite fascinating about the description that he gave about what souls do before they're getting ready to go in and and the description of a soul getting ready to to go into the mother's womb and make the connection and all of that stuff. It was quite fascinating. And he even went so far as to say that he had the memories of, no, 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 I don't want to do this. No, 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 no. And then backing out and then discovering later on that the soul that was to be his mother was very, very upset that she lost the child. So he was remorseful. And then later on came back and tried again and then decided to go on ahead and be born. Things like that. When it comes to abortion, we're talking about a conscious soul choice where either the mother decides that it's not right for her or whatever the soul of the father has decided that it's not right for him or the baby has decided that it's it's not time. So, I mean, yeah, a lot of people don't like abortion, particularly the, the Christians. You're killing the children. It's murder, blah, blah. By benefit of the Chris Thomas material, I don't really view things like that. And I know that some people hearing this may be horrified by that because they consider it to be murder. And I understand that. But when you think in terms of the Chris Thomas material, murder is only an experience. And I know that's hard for people to digest and wrap their head around, but that's just the way things are. Yes, because if we believe in justice and life after this time, then I believe what Chris says makes sense. Otherwise, there is no justice. Someone goes and kills uh, tens of millions of people, causes death and sorrow to millions of people. And how, how can you have justice for that? But if we look at what Chris says, we see that Okay, it's it's all by choice. Am I correct Everything. to think like this? Everything is choice. Yes, yeah. it, we are in a universe that the primary pattern of energy is freedom of choice. Freedom of choice to do anything that you wish to do in your universe. The only thing that you cannot do in this universe is remove the freedom of choice of another soul which the Velon have been guilty of, and then there's the story of the 14th faction, and that one is particularly scary. Let's That's get to that we'll get story. To. We'll, we'll, <laughs> have to, we'll have to get into that into a, 
into a, an, another podcast because it's okay. it's that one's pretty bad. That one's pretty scary. I mean, I like the Vilan are scariest stories. <laughs> the Vilan are scary scared. enough, but the Fourteenth Faction <laughs> are particularly scary. Yes. Let's see so, if you could just recap this question and then the answer, sure. please. Thank you. Thank you. So, does Chris Thomas give any indication of end end of times? And the answer to that is he—he he may have mentioned. I think there's there's Armageddon mentioned in one of the other books, but that that particular passage that I just that um, that mm -hmm. I read was from the Universal Soul that came out in two thousand and five. So, as far as end of times, if you're referring to Armageddon in the Bible, that's uh, as far as he goes. He's not giving a date uh, for that. He doesn't predict yeah. the future or any of that. Oh, no, he would have no idea about that. I mean, he's aware of the biblical information and has his own biblical information that he has pulled out of the Akashic, which a lot of it does not line up with, doesn't really line up with, with much religious doctrine. It does not line up what he pulls out of the Akashic. I can drop a bomb on you right now if you're interested. Please go ahead. To give, to get, to give you a very specific uh -huh. example of something that does not line up. Okay, go many, ahead. Many, many, many Christians are still saying that there's going to be a second coming. Yes. They expect he came, what was it, he came as a, a lamb and he will return as a lion, you know, talking about Jesus and the return of Jesus. This is going to be a very cold reality that is, that is totally from the Akashic. This is not Chris Thomas saying this, this is what the Akashic reflects. Jesus has already returned. And the name that he went by is going to be even more shocking to people listening to this than, than knowing that Merlin is the name of Earth's guardian. But Jesus has already returned and left. And the man that he returned as, everyone will know. Yasser Arafat. Now that's shocking. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. That there's your bomb right there. There's a cold fusion bomb I just dropped on all of your <laughs> listeners. Yes. That is in the Akashic and Chris Thomas retrieved that piece of information. He was in fact doing the very same thing that he did as Jesus the Christ, which was battling an occupation. Okay, we're we're getting into areas of Politics. I don't mind it at all. We can, we can talk about this. So, I didn't realize we to some extent. Politics. I believe I believe the occupation. Even just to give you an example, I know rabbis that they don't go to Israel. They say no. This is not our land. This is occupied. This does not belong to us. We cannot build homes there. We cannot because in our religion we cannot build homes on occupied land. And they don't believe in Israel. There are many factions of Jews they don't believe in Israel. So, but you are saying that Yasser Arafat was second coming of Jesus or reincarnation of Jesus? Either way, either way you want to look at that. I would say reincarnation, but there is not, there is not going to be a second coming of Jesus. Okay. Jesus as a soul, the man who was Jesus the Christ, the full soul human, Jesus the Christ, came back as Yasser Arafat. That is a reincarnation, yes. 
uh, you, you you could drop bombs on me, but I talked to some people that they come back with ideas or thoughts or conclusions. So second coming of Jesus Christ or reincarnation of Christ as... I would say reincarnation. Reincarnation, yeah, yeah, reincarnation. And I also have talked to specifically one person. I'm trying to get him in our conversation. Uh, he believes that he uh, Christ reincarnates different in different generations and as different characters in our history. It's the same person that comes back over and over and over, and he reincarnates as many. Yeah, well, I mean... We've been recycling ourselves in many, many lives mm -hmm. for many, many thousands of years. Of course, um, Jesus the Christ predates the, the human plan, I think. Uh, I'm not sure. That's something I'm not really entirely sure about. Okay. But, yeah. Um, uh, another one that is a, a, an interesting little tidbit. Not much of a, it, it's not quite the neutron bomb about Arafat, but um, Merlin was also in human form several times. This was when he was investigating the uh, the 14th faction energy. Um, yes. One of the one of the people that Merlin was was Michelangelo. You know, I'm connecting the dots between what you're telling me and this other person that we talk on almost daily basis. This is shocking how close these informations are. Because we, we, we talked about Marilyn, and he was telling me that this is the same person in different cultures, and he came up with names uh, in terms of different cultures from Middle East, Mesopotamia to Mesoamerica, and everywhere in between, and also Marilyn, that this is the same character. That's very interesting. That is, as I said in my email to you, the plot thickens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Yes, it does. Drop yeah. some terrific bombs on you there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as far as um, uh, Yasser Arafat being leader of his people in an occupation, what I know about Israel and Palestine and that area of the world, you could fill a thimble with. I, I, I have no politics involved in that. I know very little about it. I, I see everything through the lens of the Chris Thomas material. Sure. And I, when I read that, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. But there it was, right there, black and white in the book. And I was like, it is oh, jaw dropping. Let me tell you that I controlled myself. Yeah, but I I know the history of region. I I attempted to write the uh, history about the migration of Jewish people, especially their uh, migration to to Persia, that later on became the Persian Empire. Their influence throughout the region and all that. Many years ago, I, I had done some research, access, I had access to very good information. And uh, not all Jews believe in Israel. That's a fact. Let me just leave it at that. Hmm, okay, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> very dark now that we've got people that are probably, you know, breaking out in cold bullets of sweat going, what did she just say? 
Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to like any break any Christians' hearts there, but no, there's there's not going to be a second coming of Jesus unless he decides to show up as a baby here in the next 10 years or something. Uh, would Human Extinction Project succeed? I certainly hope the hell not. <laughs> Me too. That's a well, scary I mean, question. There's certainly an attempt being made. Uh, my group and I discuss this all the time. Um, I will say there are several million people that have already reintegrated. So I'd have to say that total extinction is going to be off the table from that perspective because we already have several million that have already reintegrated. In other words, the human plan is over with and the rest of us that have not reintegrated are off script and trying to deal with our issues and trying to deal with all of the other crap that's going on on the planet. Yeah. But as far as extinction of humans off of this planet, it's not going to be allowed to happen ultimately. Thank we are you. Too we are too close. I mean, even though some of us are still struggling and then we're also watching, some of us are horrified and I am back to what I said about abortion as I am like with people dying from the vaccines. These are all human choices being made. These are people that are deciding that they want to leave the planet. It's time to go. That's what's happening. I know people are freaked out. People are dying. People are yeah. injured from the vaccines. These are all human choices. Even though we're off script, we're all still here making choices. That's the way it is. But with the ones that we know of specifically, in, we know of the, the group in America and the group in Europe, there are millions already that have reintegrated. So human extinction is not going to happen. It's not going to be allowed to happen. The, the universe will collapse before that happens. Thank you. Because I think the key word here was it's not allowed to happen. There's too much at stake. Um, yeah. The universe that we are in, we are actually on our second go round. The first time we... I'm not. I, I've read it somewhere in one of the books. I just can't remember the details of it. But uh, our universe collapsed once before, and then we requested of the Creator, "Can we start again?" And so we did. So even though we are the very first universe that was created, we are also the first one that collapsed first, and then was brought back at the request of all the souls here, and we started again. So we've been through a long haul. And we've learned a lot and we are so close to achieving our objective of being full soul humans, which millions have already proven that it can be done. Yes. And it's just a matter of working out the lumps as Chris Thomas has made a comment about things are going to be a bit lumpy. So we're working out the lumps and trying to get through this. And it's just going, we, unfortunately, the majority of us have chosen the hard path to get there. Unfortunately, I agree. Yeah. Okay, number nine kind of confused me, which actually turns into number 10. I had to kind of adjust the numbers. Um, this one says, according to what I have heard from you, no alien races are on Earth. That's not true. There are aliens oh, okay. that have been here on Earth for thousands of years. In fact, when we sank Atlantis, most of the non-physical races that were in the human template, we all shed our template and took off. The ones that stayed behind on the planet to help heal Mother Earth were mostly semi-physical races. That gets into the story of how there were some strange, strange beings in underground caverns that may have been encountered yes. by Hitler. Mm -hmm. um, 
what happened is that the semi-physical races, it's been a bit of time since I've read this, but basically when the rest of us left, many of the semi-physical stayed behind. They worked with the she, um, trying to repair the damage that took thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years to, to help Mother Earth recuperate from that. She had gone into a six-degree tilt, and they had to correct it to, to four-degree tilt because she would have wobbled herself into destruction. But many of them, because of the extreme weather changes and the damage to the planet, a lot of the semi-physical races used chips. And I can't remember the specific kind of chips, but they, they made it so they could change their body type or change their internal systems and things like that so that they could survive the extreme weather conditions, the extreme heat, the extreme cold. And as they did that with these chips and altered their body types, they they probably looked what would consider to be very, very strange. So there were a lot of them that went in the underground tunnels to survive while they worked on helping to heal Mother Earth. So, so when you say chips, you are you referring to uh, chips with microprocessor? You're referring to electronic component when you say chips? Well... You can't think in turn. You can't think in, in in Earth terms as far as humans and microchips like that. We're talking about energetic things. I see. Uh, it's something that, as humans and being dense, we wouldn't have the ability to actually formulate something like that because we wouldn't even be able to see the things. So we're talking about energetic chips that the semi-physical races have the ability to work with. Okay. I like to talk about those who stayed behind on Earth to help the Earth live underground or under the oceans because I was reading something else which exactly was talking about this. And also, I don't know if you ever read the book The Coming Race. And no, I'm not familiar with that one. In, in, basically, in, this, in, in The Coming Race, it's a novel by uh, Edward Lighton. And then he talks about this man gets lost inside the mine shaft and he sees a civilization. He goes in there and those people live there. They look like angels and they are called uh, Viril. And they say, we've been here. They have advanced technology. And at the end, they may come back to the surface to reclaim the earth from humans. That's a... A uh, very interesting connection here when you said the group stayed behind to help Earth to heal undergrounds and under, probably under the oceans, and just reminded me of the coming race, the book. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with that, but there were plenty of semi-physical races that were underground just to to survive what was going on 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 top of Mother Earth and all the destruction that was taking place after Atlantis sank. And and archaeologists also found a lot of cities underground which are capable of housing tens of thousands of people for a very long time. They have even proper ventilation to bring air in there. They have crops. They could they could provide for these people for many years to live underground to pass whatever catechism was going on on the earth. On the surface. There's a huge underground area that's under the Sphinx. 
freshwater lakes and everything. I mean, just miles upon miles upon miles of area that's up under the Sphinx. There's uh, some underground underground tunnels in the UK. I uh, can't remember if it's uh, West Kennet Lawn Barrow or if it's Silbury Hill. I can't remember. Um, there's also some in North America somewhere, some, some openings, some deep caves, freshwater lakes and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah there's a lot of caves and tunnels everywhere. Everywhere. Well, that's... Maybe like I remember wow. Chris making a comment about somebody getting inside the, the Sphinx going underneath it and videotaped it. And I'm not sure what happened to the video of it, but ever since then, nobody else is allowed to go into the chambers under the Sphinx because it's blocked by our military. They don't want anybody under there to know that there are underground cities. So in a conversation with a Jewish scholar which is very much ostracized from the rest of the community. He had this, because look, when we talk, you say something and it clicks somewhere else and I, my, my brain starts bringing information forward. He says something, I think it's appropriate for me to share that with you here. He said, when Moses took the Hebrews and they left the Egypt, he directed them from the underground tunnels which was under the sphinx so now yeah. think about that you are telling me that chris thomas believes there are tunnels under sphinx and this scholar says yes they were tunnels under the sphinx so when we say crossing the the sea and all of that he actually was moving his people from those underground tunnels mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's a that time difference when they when they enter into this uh, underground tunnels the time the passage of time is different for them than people on the surface so when they say they were uh, lost for 40 years in the desert nobody could see them you know they they lost their direction in fact, for people on the surface, it was 40 years. For them, it was not more than two weeks to get to where they wanted to get. Hmm. So you see, I'm there, unfamiliar there, with there are thoughts like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm yeah. unfamiliar with that part. I have I don't recall ever reading anything that Chris Thomas stated about the underground past at a different length of time than what was above ground. I don't remember him saying anything about that. So I can't comment on that. Sure. But I, I just mentioned it because this is... Uh, a second person that I've heard talking about underground tunnels under Sphinx. And in his capacity, he said, this is how Jews got out of Egypt and could get away from a pharaoh that was following them and showed up at some other place later. And in, in Islam, in Quran, there are stories that I'll tell you this story. It's a very interesting story. It's basic. I, I believe it's a, it's in the Quran. I'm sure it is in the Quran. And they, they call them people of Kaf, which was a cave. So these people are um, escaping from some kind of, I'm not sure what they had done, but they see this cave. They go, they say, okay, let's go rest here for a while. And nobody can find us in this cave. We leave in a, at the middle of the night and we get to whatever destination they meant to go so they go they sleep in this cave 
And then when they wake up, they feel like they're very hungry. They ask one of them to go down to the city and buy something. He goes down to the city to buy food or whatever. When he gives them the coin, they look at the coin. They say, what is this coin? Where Did you find the treasure? He's like, no, what are you talking about? This is our uh, normal money we spend every day. They said, no, 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 no. This is from the timeline. I, I don't remember exactly how long, but they said, no, this is from 300 years ago. So this is in the Quran. Wow. And it is, it is a fascinating story. You can find, I'll, I'll, I'll share some links with you, but it talks about they slipped in there, they came out, and people... They thought, oh, these he has found treasure. Let's go find the rest of this money. And as they chase him, he starts running. He gets to the cave and he tells his friends that what he has seen. And they they die right there. And by the time people get there, they see just a bunch of old bones and decayed bodies and nothing left of them. Wow. And when it's in the Quran, it's in their, um, you know, Muslims holy scripture. Uh, they believe in it. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, that is, that is I digressed again. <laughs> oh no, not at all. That was that was. I enjoyed that. That was fascinating. Good. <laughs> Next. Okay. Well, I think we're still on this. The where I said no alien races on Earth are planning to come to invade. Yes. Yes. No, yes. No. No. Nobody's going to invade Earth. Um. Well, I take that back. The Velon have certainly tried. Um, being outside of our solar system, I was just reading over the books over the last few days where I had completely forgotten about how they got past the Guardians and got past the Gateway because uh, they came. They didn't come through the Orion Gate. They came to the other. Came to the other one from the semi-physical race areas of the of the universe, but they. I can't remember exactly how they did it, but they created a wormhole from Venus out of the, the bottom end of Venus to actually bypass the Guardians and got into our solar system that way. So they have attempted <laughs> to invade oh. the Earth. I mean, clearly they've landed in Russia. They have. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, they have attempted to invade and they have been shunned and pushed back and we're trying our best to deal with them. So as far as what like Independence Day or any of these other movies that you see in Hollywood where there's going to be an invasion and humanity triumphs and uh, stuff like that, we're, we're not going to have an invasion like that. Nothing like that is going to happen. Because Thank you. Thank you. Be okay. Besides, besides the V-Line being so bad, with what they've already done, trying to remove freedom of choice and all of the nasty things that they've done. The other semi-physical races are, are quite helpful. I mean, Mother Earth did ask the Blues and the Greys to leave because they were kind of causing some problems just because I had stated before that the Greys act like a bunch of teenagers and then the Blues stay with them. But you've got the Plydeans and the Syrians and the NGC584, and they've been here for thousands of years, and they're always helpful. Very, very helpful. NGC 584. Um, yeah, they're the ones that, that the 
geneticists. Yeah. The geneticists, yeah. The, the blues are geneticists too, but they're they're not as good at it as the as the NGC five eight four and then the Pleiadians, the diplomatic corps, and then the Syrians are the tool makers. I mean, they're here. They've been here. So I'm not entirely sure who it was that was listening that said that there are no alien races on Earth because there are. And as far as invasion is concerned, technically the V one have been invaders, but they have been they've been stopped at every turn pretty much and we may or may not still be dealing with them. We don't have any ability to, unless there's somebody out there listening to this that knows how to read the attachment <laughs> like Chris Thomas did. Come forward and give us some information, please. So okay. we're kind of we're kind of flying blind right now as far as that's concerned. So anyway, what's next? Where does religion fit in with the work of Chris Thomas? Uh, he covers religion, but he himself is not religious. Um. Other than his reading of the Akashic, uh, he really his a lot of his work does not really uh, pair up with with some religious texts. Um, like I said, his information on Jesus alone doesn't even doesn't even gel with the, the New Testament. The once we get into that, the the real story of Jesus that's quite fascinating. I can't wait to hear that. Uh, that, that was really, really fascinating about, about the real life of the man. Okay, so he was not religious at all. No, he describes himself as an animist. And basically what an animist is, is that he has the, he has the ability to see spirit work all around him, spirit of animals, spirit of people, stuff like that. So he calls himself an animist. But animist. as far as being Christian or Muslim or um, Hebrew or... Jewish. Jewish. He was not. Yeah. He was not Jewish. Um, what are the? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the other. Buddhist. Buddhist. Yeah. Uh, he's he's not a Buddhist. Uh, he's not Hindu. None of those things. He just calls okay. himself an animal. You mentioned that the Earth population is not even close to seven or eight billion. While I believe you, I would like to know your source. Well, my source would be the Chris Thomas material. Uh, this oh, is not something okay. that I'm pulling out of my head. Um. In his last book, it's Synthesis. Um, we've got, uh, it says from the Akashic, at the start of 2011, we were at 3.8 billion. So at the beginning of 2011, which was 11 years, or 11 years past 2011, it was 3.8 billion 11 years ago. And if you are watching, paying attention to all of this facts, Stuff that's going on and I don't know that there's any active wars anymore of course they're trying desperately to start one over there <laughs> in Ukraine. Sure. Um, people are still continuing to die the the birth rate is practically flat I mean even, it is. even the medical associations will tell you that even though they're lying about the vaccines they will tell you oh yeah the birth rate has dropped and then the media is pushing uh, millennials have decided not to have children because they want to save the planet. And I'm like, oh. Exactly. Oh, makes me want to scream. Yeah. But, um, yeah, at 2011, beginning of 2011, 3.8 billion. 11 years later, anybody's guess. But it's dropping. And I'm quite sure anybody listening to this podcast knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who has either been injured by the vaccine has dropped dead from the vaccine, um, died during COVID. We've had two years going on, three years of this mess. People are witnessing the deaths. 
And I can't speak for anybody other than what's in the U.S., but I'm quite sure it's being seen globally. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. With a flat birth rate and 3.8 million 11 years ago and people dying from vaccines and God knows what else and any other issues that they're dying from, what do you think the population is then? Do you think? Yeah, I was thinking. Seven point four billion. Yeah. Nope. Over the last ten, uh, eleven years, it it could not have been doubled to seven point six or anything even close to that. No. no As a matter of fact, I don't think if it's more than three point eight. No. Oh, and when I said, "What do you think it is?" Actually, I wasn't direct on that specifically. Oh, oh, oh. That okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I, I was you're asking me. Okay. I, no, no, no. I was, I was just putting that out for anybody who's listening to this. Sure. What do you, what do you think the population Got is? Because if it yeah. was three point eight billion in tw- in you know twenty eleven, and we're eleven years out, and the birth rate's flat, and people are dying from vaccine related injuries and anything, I mean, shootings, gun violence. Uh, God knows the drug overdoses are through the roof. The suicides are through the roof. Yeah. In fact, one of those things was mentioned in one of uh, Chris Thomas's interview with uh, Lisa Harrison. And this was in early 2012. She interviewed him twice. And even she made a comment in 2012 that the suicides... And the drug overdoses in 2012 were through the roof, and people were being told not to report it. And that was in 2012. Mm-hmm. Wow. Imagine what kind of disaster we're dealing with since 2019, 2020, and, and the pandemic charade. Yeah. Well, the latest thing that's starting to come out, starting to eke out, assuming that... Um, mainstream media wants to carry it is have you heard about the push to get tested for hiv yes one of the vectors that have been used in the vaccines besides the graphene oxide that's in them and god knows what else one of the vectors that they used to create the vaccines was an hiv vector look who's behind the vaccine the aids czar of 80s just watch the news from the 80s and you see how many protests people on the streets and now you don't see that in the mainstream media but if you just search it online you can see people saying uh mentioning his name dr fauci you are killing us and there's a lot of protest at the time so the same man behind this i said just you know jesus you're a christian jesus said know the tree from its fruits <laughs> Did I answer your question? <laughs> what's the what's the fruit of this tree? <laughs> what is the fruit of this tree here? <laughs> you know what? It smells like poison fruit to me. <laughs> I'm not going to eat the, from this forbidden tree. <laughs> so. Ooh, I don't think so. Yeah, and I've got friends that have been vaccinated, and I was just like, why? I mean, um, we're talking about another flu bug. Did the flu just suddenly disappear no why would they hype something that's nothing more than a flu bug well people are dying well people die every year from flu bugs and colds yeah, from everything so, i mean yeah. all of a sudden it turned into something that uh, we've been living with this for all of our lives now everybody's suddenly hysterical about it well it came from the wuhan lab well that's not been proven well what if it is 
do, do you do, do you need to take a shot for this? Why? I mean, I've 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 been beating my head against a wall over so many exactly why family and friends why this why this has happened. But again, then I step back and say, aha, Chris Thomas material, get your butt back into this information because you know you have all of the answers that you need mm-hmm. in this material, which is freedom of choice. Freedom of choice. And besides, and I you, feel like this has become a huge distraction for everybody on the planet. Yeah, yeah, fighting each other over vaccination, not vaccination, it's this, it's that, who created it, and fighting, they do a lot of damage to us. And we don't watch anything else, but just talking about this daunting and constantly bickering about this and friends and families and you know fathers sons mother daughters closest friends they they don't want to see you once they know that oh no i don't want to get this and we're distracted i feel like they have distracted us uh to do some other major damage to humanity that is the main point the distraction yeah keep them angry keep them frightened they cannot concentrate on their own lives and think about reintegration if they're frightened, if they're running screaming hysterical, if they're terrified of war, if they're terrified of this, if they're angry at their neighbor. All of this is being done on purpose. Yes, I agree. As long as we are distracted, people are not going, oh, stop, be quiet. I need to work on myself. I need to work on my issues. Which also leads into how we came to the ascension mess and the N5D and all of that. A lot of people fell for all of that channeled garbage that was coming from the VLON because these people truly did not want to look at themselves, look inside themselves, deal with their problems and move on. They wanted an alien race to come in and do it for them with lots of little pretty flowers. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Exactly. Yes. You, what that, you, what you're coming down true. with, and one of the things that they are pushing in the middle of all this, besides you know turning people against each other, that you know I'm vaxxed, no you're you're unvaccinated, mm-hmm. you should be shunned. People are starting to believe that their neighbor is responsible for their health. Um, no. Well said. You yeah. <laughs> are responsible for yourself. You're responsible for your immune system. You are responsible for your own health, for your mental health, for your physical health. You are supposed to put good food in your body to keep you healthy. If you eat at McDonald's every single day and you wind up 300 pounds, if you expect your thin neighbor next door to put on a mask so that you don't get sick, why don't you look in a mirror? Good Lord, well this, said. <laughs> this this madness of you need to do this, you need to do that for the welfare of others. Um, I'm sorry, but I'm not responsible for anybody else's immune system. I'm responsible for my own. I'm not responsible for anybody other's life except my own. Now, if I have children, I am responsible for them while they're minors. Once they become adults, they become responsible for their own lives. This personal responsibility that is being ignored by the majority of the population makes me want to scream because they are slowing down the reintegration for the rest of us. Stop it. Grow up. Deal with your crap. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to get preachy there. No, Sometimes no, no, no. Angry. That was actually that was a very good rant. I like that. Grow up, grow up. And by keeping us keeping us angry and fearful, they keep us at a very very low energy, exactly. and we cannot overcome uh, this fear that they constantly inject, constantly try to keep us in. Uh, fear of some unknown or something that we know it's not going to damage us, but our brain is not working anymore for a majority of us. We walk alone, wear a mask, or like you said, blaming my neighbor for me being overweight or uh, whatever. No, I agree with you 100%. That is what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that, Rand. I get a little no. aggravated. No, no, no. no. Don't be. Don't be. Okay, okay. Let's, let's, let's move on to the... Oh, this one was interesting. Could you please read the book in separate podcast episodes mm-hmm. so we can mm-hmm. listen to the book without commentary? Um, yeah, I found well, this question very interesting. <laughs> okay. Well, I would have to say to the person who um, is is asking this question that um, this is Karusha's podcast. So as far as what he wants to discuss, um, as far I'm fine as with this. If 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 he want to do readings from the book, because the fact is this this book is priceless, and people can't find the book. Unfortunately, you read the book, we discuss it, we digress, we talk about so many different things, and. If they just want to know, okay, what's next? Guys, stop talking. I want to know what's next. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel like this is very polite way of saying, hey, please shut up. I want to listen to the book. <laughs> well, anyway, I was, I was kind of looking at that going, so can we listen to the reading and no problem period? Like, yeah, I think somebody was saying, would you please shut up and let us listen? That's exactly what I saw. <laughs> the face was trying to... Be polite, but I'm I'm fine with that. If he can uh, have a uh, reading from the book, I've but got very nine light books commentaries. We don't want to create an audio book. Well, no, I mean we've jumped from topic to topic because there is so much exactly. information to cover. But I've got nine books that I can read from. Like I said, I'm not going to read from the last two because I would encourage people to go mm-hmm. to my website and buy them directly from Chris Thomas sure. because he has books at home. But Sure, we can do it by chapter. We can do it by subject. I'll do my very best to do any research. But uh, yeah, if you want to have like a segment that it's nothing but reading from a book, that'd be fine. Let's do by subject. You pick the subjects and decide which chapters align with that subject. And let's do it by subject. Because later on, so each subject, they can go to this subject. For instance, if he, if uh, Chris talks about Jesus, there is a subject of Jesus, which includes these chapters. This way we keep it interesting and it's not also just like an, uh, any regular audiobook. Yeah, I think I, I love to do that. Let's discuss this and see how we can do this. We can do that. We can do yeah. that. We can talk about that Very later. Good. The next one. How do you explain megalithic monuments and structures on Earth who built them? Uh, well, I've already covered the pyramids, and we built those. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not really sure specifically what they're referring to as far as megalithic monuments. Um, Stonehenge, can- probably. 
Stonehenge it's, we built. Okay. Stonehenge is like, okay. Stonehenge is like a pyramid. It's not built like a pyramid, but it serves the same function. The reason Stonehenge looks different from the pyramids is because the pyramids had to be designed a certain way to condense energy because they were resonance chambers. Stonehenge does the same thing, but the reason it's not shaped like a pyramid is because of where it's located. It is a powerful energy intake. And if you know how, you can actually go to Stonehenge. If you have the ability, if you're psychic enough, you can actually read the instructions in the stones. Oh, okay. But in terms so, of who built them, humans. Yes. Yes, humans, humans built Stonehenge. Humans Another built example is going to be, I just remembered that, uh, what is it, Easter Island heads? Yeah, yeah. Those so huge heads, than, middle of nowhere. Likely, more than likely, those stones, those big, huge heads were, were moved by the what we were advanced back then. Um, they just moved them psychically. They just got together as a group and moved them psychically into place. So your big. answer to this would be humans, to both parts. Well, I didn't want to come right out and say that it was just us in the past when we were more advanced and had more abilities because, you know, the semi-physical races have been here and they possibly could have could have helped out too. So I wasn't entirely sure if it was just us or if it was the semi-physical races that were assisting as far as megalithic structures. But in general terms, yes, when you're talking about jihugic ancient big structures that people are scratching their heads going gee, they built the pyramids with the slaves and they put them on rollers and they moved one block <laughs> at a time. On. No, yeah. no, 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 no. You, you completely do not understand the fact that we were much more than what we are now back then and we had psychic abilities and it was done psychically as a group. So Easter Island's probably done that way. Stonehenge was built that way. I mean, it was all just a group of people using their psychic abilities back then. The stuff that we what we lost and what we are trying to regain now. But do you believe that we are not on the right track and all the progress we make is not sustainable? Our progress causes a lot of harm and it hurts the nature, it hurts the people. You have cars with pollutions, you have pharmaceutical chemical drugs with a lot of side effects everything we name it as a progress comes at a huge price do you still call that a progress or we need a more holistic progress like we had in the past well i think what you're referring to is the fact that we stopped working with working with nature thank you and yes. when you if you want to go all the way back to like the industrial revolution that starts to get into the 14th faction. Um, that's a whole different story all into itself, and it explains one of the reasons why we turned on the earth and some of the other things in history that were really, really terrible, really, really bad. That's got to do with the 14th faction. Um, the gist of it, like I said, we can cover it in, the, in other podcasts, but the gist of it is, is that we had a universe that was right beside of ours, that was in a state of collapse. Our universe is constructed of energy patterns of freedom of choice. The universe that was beside of us was constructed of energy patterns where the people inside there were had the ability to remove freedom of choice. And as Chris Thomas states, 
that universe didn't do so well and it was in a state of collapse. And the beings that were in that universe were looking desperately, trying to figure out a way to keep their universe alive and for them to continue to exist and not go back to the creator after it collapsed. What they did is that they broke out of their own universe and broke into ours. Okay. So they entered, they, they, they broke into our universe to steal energy to try to prop up their own universe. And in the process of breaking into our universe, there was an explosion. And in breaking into our universe to connect to, they did it to steal energy. And what they wanted to do was to harvest our energy and then send it back to their universe. And in the process of doing so, they created a wormhole. In fact, the whole idea of black holes, black holes in general are from the people from the, that universe breaking into our universe is what created that wormhole or that black hole is to siphon off energy from our universe. And they, they managed to destroy about a quarter of the energy in this universe. And um, it, it, have you ever heard of the Booties Void? No. It, if, if you get an opportunity, Google the Booties Void. That's an area of our universe that has nothing in it. There's no energy. There's no stars. There's no Booties nothing. Void? How do you how do you spell that? B o o t e s. Yeah. And then it's, it's a void. If you if you look up the void, yeah. Yeah. That's that's the damaged part of our universe where the fourteenth faction broke in to steal energy. Oh, the story is the story yeah. is much more um, intricate than that, but that's basically what that's about. When I mentioned the fourteenth faction, is them trying to steal energy from our universe to keep their universe alive. Impressive. I, I I had not seen that. I was looking at the pictures. These are great information, Vic. I, I appreciate you for sharing that. And I'm glad we oh. have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what the next question is. Do you believe we actually went to the moon? Yes, we did go to the moon. Uh, we Why we never went back there again. Uh, and then, of course, are there aliens on the moon? Uh, I was looking for this earlier tonight before we have our podcast and I couldn't find them and I've put out a request to my group to tell me which book it's in but yes we've been to the moon um there is a base on the moon it's been there since the 1950s uh it was a joint base constructed by our military and or NASA as well as aliens um I'm not sure which which ones are involved I don't know if it was Lydians or Syrians or or one of the semi-physical races, but yes, there's a base on the dark side of the moon in there since the fifties. Interesting. Um, in regards specifically to the celebrated moon landing of 1969, no, that did not happen. That one did not. Okay, so wait a second. Wait a second. We went to the moon, but that occasion is not. When we went to the moon, or how we went to the moon? In 1969, no. Uh-uh. Whenever you hear people talking about it, it was shot in the movie studio and all this other stuff, that people have yeah. gone crazy taking pictures of it and go, oh, there's a reflection here, and that's not right, yes, and the moon's yes, in the yes. wrong place. There's not, there's, the shadows are all wrong. Yeah, no. They did not make it to the moon. The one, what is it, one small leap for mankind, One or one small leap for man, one... Small one giant step for mankind. Yeah, yeah, mankind. Yeah. Yes. So no, okay. they were not. On, they were not on the moon in 1969. No. 
I got to find that in one of the books. I couldn't find it this evening. I, I, I'm hoping that one of my global groups. That's a bigger explosion right there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I mean, we do have a, well, there is a base on the moon. So. I and mean, and the bizarre thing is, they said recently all the records and tapes of moon landing are lost or somebody recorded over those things. We don't have them anymore. Right. And uh, a lot of things that you 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 start thinking what NASA didn't have enough tapes to record and they re-recorded on, on such a historic and important <laughs> event. Are you? Yeah, right. There is a movie coming out. It is out, and uh, I don't know where you can watch it besides the movie theater. It's called Moonfall, which I recommend it. It's this. It's the exact story of there is something going on on the moon, and they go after figuring out what's going on on the moon. It's a very very interesting story. I recommend it. That I haven't watched it. I've watched the trailers. Huh? That sounds very interesting. Yeah. Well, Vic, I think we spend all of our time answering the questions. <laughs> sounds like it. Yeah. It's like we'll have to do some book reading on the next go round. We definitely need to do more book reading to make up for the time. But these are interesting questions. And, you know, when I look at questions like this, it helps to uh, conclude all the previous conversations. So if you listen to this, I personally, when I go back and listen to this, I will get answers to my personal questions as well and learn more in depth and I think I mentioned this to you we do the recording I go back and listen to it probably just doing some edits in in, in the recordings and f when I listen to this for the second time I learn more I start thinking my god there's a lot of information here it's well, very as, as the saying goes it's a very uh, pregnant conversation it's interesting you should mention that because I've been back reading the books and I read these things from cover to cover many years ago and now I'm rereading them again and I'm re-learning re things that I either read and didn't digest or read and I have forgotten. I, and some of the stuff is like, I don't remember that. Oh my God. And I'm being shocked mm -hmm. all over again because I liken it to what I said when we first Started the podcast was that the energy that Chris gleaned from the Akashic via his higher self, he carried the information energetically through his body and then put pen to paper, which means the words in the books carry their own energetic pattern. And since Chris Thomas has bestowed upon me the ability to read his information from his books. He gave me permission basically to use his energy to yes. get it out mm -hmm. to the public. And in doing so, it's it's so intricate, it has its it has its own frequency, and sometimes you have to listen to it or read it so many times over and over again before you can actually imbue it. Very bring true. It in, bring Very it into true. your body. Bring it in as your truth. 
And add to that, discussing what you learned. When you start talking about it in a way, I don't want to say teaching, but sort of talking about it, explaining it, you start learning more. You start having questions. You go back, you study more in depth. So it becomes uh, a feedback loop that gets just um, stronger and stronger and stronger. The more you discuss it, you read it, you go back to it, and you talk about it. It's It's been great. <laughs> he yeah. has written... He's written several essays after this. Um, he also did some blog posts and he did some articles and stuff like that. So there is an extension of information past his books. But the information is pretty much finite now since he doesn't have the ability to do what he once did. So there is a point at which there are some people that may come to me and say, well, what about this? What about that? Um, he went through a great deal of trouble to get this information and put it in books and in essays, and he was under constant attack when he was doing it. So there are certain things that oh. there may be ga- there may be gaps in the information because he struggled mightily to get this information out. So, um, just anybody who's listening, there may be questions that you may pose to me that I might even pose to my global group, and there still won't be an answer. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, that was very important. Welcome. Okay, thank you again. It was another amazing conversation with you. And you, next week, we promise to read from the book. More from we will the read book. From the, we'll yes. shut up and we'll just read from the book. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs>